TSL. This is the Satin Lounge. Breathe it in. Tonight we are going across the water and spending some time with some of our friends from the UK. Um, We're privileged tonight to be graced inside Pillow Talk by a multi-talented singer, songwriter, musician, and actress. Uh, She has had an extensive acting career. You've seen her on the BBC's series Waterloo Road and one of our favorite groundbreaking television series in the UK as the sexiest detective Sergeant Sam Murray of Lip Service. Can you say the word with me? Lip Service. Um, It's one of the sexiest shows. We love it here. Hold on. I think we have to... uh, kind of hold for some cat calls and some applauses and <laughs> things going on right now. Sad Lounge, help me welcome the extraordinary Heather Peace. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here vibing with us. We appreciate you taking the time to do that. Oh, no problem. It's, it's a shame that it's, um, it's on the phone. Um, I, it's been nice to be there in person. Hey, maybe we have to make an arrangement and make that happen. Definitely. I love L.A. And L.A. loves you. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I've spent a few nights down at the Abbey. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know about L.A. West then. Hollywood. I've got a couple of friends out there, uh, Tracy Ryerson and, and Stamey, who were on the Real L Word. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, very awesome. Yeah, I met those ladies on um, a convention that they did for the L Word over here. Uh-huh. And um, I think they took me to one of your best sushi restaurants. I can't remember what it's called now. Well, anyway, sushi, sushi is a tricky subject here in L.A. and actually in the lesbian community, period. Let's just move on past that. Um, oh, did I, did I say something out of turn already? No, no, no. I want you to be absolutely <laughs> as honest and authentic as you can be. I, I think I was out of turn. My, my bad. I'm sorry. Um, I wanted to, before we, you know, crack open the brand new CD fairy tales and share some of that with the Satin Lounge, let's um, talk about Heather Peace, the actress. Did you see my air quotes there? The actress. Um, <laughs> you seem to gravitate towards strong leading characters. You, you played um, the firefighter in London's Burning and uh, SAS <laughs> Trooper in the series Ultimate Force and of course we just mentioned DS Sam Murray and Lip Service uh, are you attracted to these kind of characters? What attracts you I to think represent it, it them? it kind of all stems from I've been an actress now for 16 years. I graduated mm-hmm. like in 1996 from drama school here in, in the UK and um, I, I did loads of theatre, loads of what we call repertory theatre mm-hmm. where you, you, you're performing a show at night and you're rehearsing another one in the day and yeah. you're, sort of, you're employed by that theatre for 8-9 months at a time Um, and that was kind of my grounding but um, I landed the role of a character called uh, Sally in um, London's Burning which was one of the biggest dramas here in the UK you won that that role? yeah and it was it was it was it was huge here it was way before kind of um, you know TV with lots of stations Uh I think pretty much everybody had about four or five stations here in the UK so it used to regularly get about um, one in five of the population watched it so it was huge and I, th- I think I've always wanted to be the girl who can cut it with the boys, as it were. Oh, I mean, yeah. that in life, in general, sort of, I was very sporty and I hung out with boys when I was um, growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I, 
I think through that they they kind of knew that I I um I didn't mind getting uh, you know lifting heavy equipment and running fast and 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 doing all of the kind of action girl stuff. So mm-hmm. when the Ultimate Force series happened, um, playing the SAS, the first fictional female member of the SAS, because we don't actually know if there are any. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd tell us if there was. But <laughs> <laughs> I think they just thought, let's get that girl who was who was in that fire brigade show. And get her to you play to do it. in the army, and it, and it kind of just it just kept happening. So you know, my my so mom just typecast a little bit. Huh? But yeah, my mom wants to see me in Downton Abbey, obviously. But I'm like, look, I'm I'm quite happy with my typecast. Hey, you know, it's, we are it's, too. It's, it's, good, it's pretty sexy on you. I like it. <laughs> it's a good place to be. <laughs> Can we talk about lip service, please? Can we just pretty please yeah, talk sure, about sure. lip service? <laughs> I enjoy the series so much. Um, for those of, of you who are unfamiliar with this groundbreaking British lesbian television series, I, I'm describing it that way. I'm saying it's kind of similar to our American L word. There are some who disagree. Okay, calm down. Um, how would you describe it, Heather? How would you describe the series? I, ju- I just think it was... Um, I love the L word, and that really was the the groundbreaking show, without yeah. a doubt. Um, I think I think what's appealing about lip service, it's almost kind of taken the L word, it's taken the baton from the L word and run with it, mm-hmm. in the sense that I felt like L word was very issue-based drama, as it should be, basically tackling everything mm-hmm. that's uh, within our community, um, within a very, you know, sort of glossy show. I just felt that, I, I think that lip service is, um, it, it, it appeals to my straight girlfriends and boyfriends mm-hmm. because really you could have taken those scripts and you could have done them in a straight situation right. you could have done them in a gay boy situation I just feel like it was it's a show, not not an issue based show, it's, it's just an emotional based show of which everybody can understand everybody understands what it's like to love to, to right. be betrayed to lose, they understand friendship and I think that's what made it um, sort of take the baton from the L word. It's kind of going, it's just about six people who are friends mm-hmm. living in Glasgow who just happen to be lesbians. I honestly think it could have been done, um, you know, not dependent on sexuality or gender. Um, that's it's, kind every, of my... it's everyone's story. It deals with the, the issues of the heart. Yeah, because it's the same thing. Like, yeah. we, we go through exactly the same thing. Love is love. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're all the same emotions. Well, it obviously uh, radiated and, and rang true to so many. It, it, I have to tell you that uh, the way I became hip to lip service was um, by Twitter. I was on Twitter and I saw lip service trending on Twitter. I had never heard of, of the show, actually, to be very honest. And I saw this show trending when the i think it was season two was out or something like that and i i was i was what is what is going on where's our community is going somewhere i need to find out what's happening and of course i i uh did my research caught up on my youtube clips and uh, i i don't know if you guys have uh netflix out there in the uk but netflix is um a kind of a, a video engine that you can um you pay per month, don't you? Yeah. We've, we've just, I think we've just yeah. got it. I haven't yeah. got it. But, um, it's on. Yeah, Lip yeah. Service is now on for viewing uh, on, on Netflix. And so, of course, I caught up with the story only to be traumatized by uh, your character, Sam's love interest, Cat, being killed off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Literally plowed down by a vehicle. I mean, 
the her body was thrown 20 feet in the air. I was just traumatized. It comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? It, it absolutely does. I was, I was, you know, Harriet just, you know, she took me through an emotional roller coaster with the scene and I, uh, you know, I just got all tangled up in the drama of the, the series of the show. I know, and it, was kind of, it was really sad that Laura Fraser had to go, but the, the yeah. thing over here is um, channels don't tend to sort of, when you take a job, they don't sign you up for three or four series, which mm-hmm. they should do, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't what Harriet wanted to do, and... Um, Laura had landed something in America because there was quite a long period in between mm-hmm. um, filming the first series and going into the second, so she wasn't available. And also, the fact of the matter was that, yeah, it would have been nice to leave it open that, you know, oh, she got a job in London mm-hmm. and could come back. But the only way, it was kind of flattering for me, was the only way that Sam, my character, could be integrated with that main central group of friends was through grief. That's what Harriet came to the conclusion of. Uh-huh. Because if you lose Kat, right. you lose Sam. Because we never saw anything of Sam's life apart right. from a little bit with her, her partner at, at, in the police. But right. you, you, there's just no reason for Sam to have then become friends with those characters, with the likes of Frankie and Tess. So then mm-hmm. you'd, ha- you'd have to go. And Harriet, you know... I, totally flattered she, she wanted to keep me and she well, said that was the only way rightfully so you're brilliant in the role that you play I wanted to commend you on the realism that I felt when I watched you portray the uh, bereaving girlfriend and the, you know the complexities of getting back to work getting back to life trying to pull it all back together have you ever experienced anything you know similar to that in your life we had to put the brave face on and, and just kind of absolutely i mean that, our job that's what it's all about i mean mm-hmm. everything actually i used to, i used to manage a bar as well when i was at university when i had my first heartbreak and i see running a bar quite like being an actor meaning that you know there's a reason why people come to a social place to pay mm-hmm. 10 times more for a beer than they would at the local shop mm-hmm. and that um to have the person behind the bar sort of uh, you know, become um, a therapist but, for you. For yeah, and and, and 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 I definitely during those days when I went through heartache and had to just come into work and get on with it. Um, the, the only different, the like, the difference with Sam, the Sam character is it's not similar to me. And I would always reach out to people. Me, Heather would reach out to friends. I would openly cry. I, you know, all of that stuff. And so it was very interesting to look at a character that refused to cry, which then, obviously, mm-hmm. all those signs of stresses and strains manifested right. themselves in the panic attack. Right, it's really It's like a blockage, yes. a blockage, a blockage, just yes. keeping it down and carrying on. Yes. Um, it's not something I'm familiar with, but um, was really interesting to look at and mm-hmm. and see how that, you know, can affect someone. It's, you know, really sad. It, it really is. Does Sam, does Sam know that Kat um, was unfaithful with Frankie uh, before she I died? She does she know knew. that? I, yeah, I think she always knew. I think she knew something was going on. I think that's what the whole second series is based around. Is I, I, I watched that and I was like, is she, does she know? Does she not know? Does she have this horrible secret that she has to suppress in the middle of her grief to deal with this? It was just very brilliantly portrayed by you. You really had so much language going on without without words, without uh, any dialogue. I Thank you. You know, I, a, lot of it, a lot of it has to be said is in the writing, is, is in, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much of, of British drama can tend to talk its way through stuff, use exposition mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. constantly explain and give plot and all that and 
you know, because they're worried about people getting up and going for a cup of tea, you know, right. and, and, and I think so much can be said without saying anything at all, and Harriet allowed that breathing space, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the stuff like the break, the break, the first breakdown when I come in from the hospital and everything else, right. You know, yes. it was all it was all mapped out in stage directions. You know, and mm-hmm. so as an actor, I just had to read those stage directions and mm-hmm. think that thought process. You know, and I, the, the hardest thing for me was doing a lot of scenes on my own because I, as an actor, I tend to bounce off the people that I'm in a scene right. with okay. to get emotion. Right. And um, that was weird. Was I didn't know until that day whether I would be able to do it because there's no one to play it off. There's no lines. All I know is I was in my flat the night before, mm-hmm. walking around cooking my dinner, taking myself through the thought process and seeing if I could get to that emotional level. It was right. very odd <laughs> trying to do those scenes without without anything. Brilliantly done. Um, congratulations to you and, and, and to Harriet and <laughs> everyone who's been involved in that series. Are we going to have a season, another season coming, please? We're, it's really tricky. We've not been recommissioned yet. Mm-hmm. And um, my gut instincts says no. No! It makes me really sad, but we, you know, there is a whole community of people that want this show back, so it might be a case to petition in the BBC because Uh the BBC is very, very um, uh, individual in the sense that we don't have adverts. The BBC is paid for by the British public. We Mm -hmm. pay a licence fee. And so therefore, the BBC has a responsibility to... Um, represent the entire demographic of the country mm-hmm. um, because it's not down to viewing figures and all of that because it gets its license fee regardless. Right. Um, you know, we open it to the fans to petition the BBC. Who, who knows? Fan power sometimes rules in on, and the BBC does listen. Right. You know. Well, at least we can uh, relive those moments, like I said uh, before, through video and etc. You guys really did some brilliant work there. And, and hopefully, you know, we'll hold on tight for what is to come with uh, lip service. I was actually very surprised to discover that um, you were the only out actress on the series. Um, first of all, thank you for your authenticity. Uh, <laughs> You know, what made you make the decision to be transparent in your, you know, sexuality with the craft? I mean, I don't know if the other ladies, we all fantasize that they are, but, you know, you were very forthright. It's partly an age thing. Um, Okay. It's partly a social thing that I think, certainly over here, you know, it's way more acceptable now. But when I took the job, I spoke to my agent, and my agent, I've never been in the closet, as it were. Like, I've, I've gone mm-hmm. out in Soho in London all my life, and okay. I live in Brighton, which is a really gay city now, and, and you know, I've, I've, never, I've never hidden it. Okay, I have to come to Brighton. Comments. I just need, I'll make it a note. Okay. Continue. <laughs> it's very cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's the gayest city in the world per capita. Oh, here, yeah. I'm coming to, to Brighton. Yes, I, I am. Okay. <laughs> Continue as you were. <laughs> But no, I, the, the thing was, it was when I spoke to my agent, she said, you do realize that if you take this job, you will be asked those questions and you will actually have to out yourself. I just never, with all the other shows I was ever in, I was never interested in being a celebrity. It's not my bag at all. I'm an actress and a musician and all the other stuff that goes with it kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just never talked about me or my personal life right. at all. Right. Um, but I just, I knew from this that that would happen and but I knew that I couldn't not take the job like I loved the scripts mm-hmm. and I, I felt if I was sitting at home watching it and I wasn't in it 
Mm-hmm. Um, that would be awful. So, I, I, and I'm of an age now. You know, I'm not. I'm not playing the young romantic leads anymore. It's. It's. Um, it's about time. You know, I, I do feel a, a social responsibility to do it. You know. Yeah, I. I think that it's important that people do what they're comfortable doing. But having said that, by you taking such brave strides in your in your creativity, it it does uh, validate you know, validate more people who uh, potentially want to get into this art form and, and, and brave through some of the controversy. I think visibility is important, but I think it's your own timing, as you, as you mentioned before. I mean, sometimes you need to get a little more seasoned in who you are before you can actually yeah. articulate who you are. So, um, uh, you know, well done, is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, it's a personal choice, isn't it? Yeah. I don't believe in, you know, yeah. when people say, oh, you should come out if you're in the public eye. I don't agree at all. It's yeah. about where you are and how you feel about it. And the fan base have been amazing. They've been what's driven my music forward. And I can't thank the gay community enough. It, it, it wouldn't, Absolutely. without them, you know, I wouldn't have been able to make my first album. So Yeah, we are pretty loyal. We are. Well, Heather, yeah, Heather is, is transparent. She's incredibly talented. She's incredibly sexy. Do you have a hard time hearing that phrase, you are incredibly sexy? Is it getting easier for you yet? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad. You're incredibly sexy. Honestly, that's just insane. We have to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to dive right into Heather's brand new CD, Fairy Tales, which... Uh, recently shot up to the number seven slot on the UK independent charts. Is that correct? That's right. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. you. Matter of fact, here's a track now from uh, this brand new CD, Fairy Tales, Fight For, by the sexy Heather Peace in the Satin Lounge with Kieran A. Take a listen and breathe in it. Jane Gertiza of the film Miss 3 p.m. This is Yanni of Yanni and the Peace People. This is Ahmed Joy. You're listening to the Shackle Lounge with Kieran A. This is Red Summer. This is Lakara Foster. Hey, this is Nikki Canada. This is Heather Peace. You're listening to the Satin Lounge. Kieran A. Breathe in. This is Heather Peace, and you're listening to the best of the Satin Lounge with Kieran A. This is the Satin Lounge, where we celebrate creativity in the LGBT community and the universal language of love through music. Familiar creatures from the new CD, Fairy Tales, featuring the multi-talented Heather Peace, tonight's special guest in Pillow Talk. Welcome back, Heather. Hi. I love that. I love it. I'm feeling that groove. It's nice <laughs> and easy. I like that so much. <laughs> You've been playing um, music for a while. You've been playing piano since you were like 10 and guitar since you were a teenager. Music I started just... piano when I was seven. Oh, my I word. Had, yeah, I, um, I was kind of lucky. I, I was, well, went to church as a child. I was brought up a Catholic. And okay. um, we had a lady who advertised in the church bulletin. Um, she believed music should be for free. Mm-hmm. And she lived in a little, what we call a council flat over here, which are kind of paid, you know, paid for by the government. Okay. And what they didn't know was um, 
she was training 20 kids who couldn't have otherwise afforded wow. piano lessons because they were very expensive mm-hmm. um, for free. So, yeah, she was incredible. Her name was Eileen Cockcroft, and she's not with us anymore. God rest her, but mm-hmm. then taught myself the guitar. Wow. So you self-taught the guitar, and you had this yep. beautiful spirit teach you the piano. Uh, yep. I think I read somewhere that you enjoy music. It's actually your first love over the acting. I, I also came from I came from musical theater, Like, as a kid, when you did amateur dramatics, mm-hmm. um, it tended to be musicals and... The bit that I wasn't very good at was the acting, and, and in a musical they call it the libretto, so the dialogue. Uh-huh. Um, so I'd rush through the libretto to get to the big number because I knew I could sing. Okay. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so when it came to choosing a drama school, there's mm-hmm. a lot of musical theatre drama schools in the UK, but there's also some really strict Stanislavski-based classical mm-hmm. training. And I already had the music, so I thought, you know what, the bit that I'm not very good at is the acting, so I'm going to go to a really strict, so it's Shakespeare, Ostrovsky, Chekhov, wow. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's full-on classics, and um, that's what I did, I went to a three-year, it was an acting degree, um, nothing to do with music, and basically through my drama school training, I had a jazz residency in Manchester here in the UK mm-hmm. every Sunday, so I played there every Sunday for um, four years in the end. Um, the northern accent, I, I come from Yorkshire, um, was quite trendy at the time on TV. And so when I left drama school and after doing a bit of theatre, um, I just started working in television and it, it just kept coming. Um, and so the music kind of went on the back burner. I never stopped doing it. Um, but without a record company and huge money at that time behind you, you couldn't mm-hmm. do it. But of course now with Twitter and Facebook and all right. of that, uh, you, you have a chance to promote yourself without having that major label backing. You know? Right. So the time is right. The time is now. Yeah. You wanted to just go and do what you loved. Uh, it's just really interesting to see this side of you creatively. I think it's it was a surprise to me. It's really nice being so independent as well because um, we. I've got my manager and my my PR team. There's only three of us. I've had complete creative control over this album and. The second album I'm, I'm even more excited about. Um, it's already half halfway completed and wow. I feel like I've grown, you know, I've sort of moved on already and, and grown as, as an artist. And it's just so wonderful not being signed to a label in the sense that I literally can do what I want with the sound and, and whatever mm-hmm. we do. Um, it's, it's just a thrill. Mm-hmm. Are some of your musical influences, are, is there anybody you'd love to collaborate with? I, I, I listened to Motown as a kid that led me to jazz. Um, and I was a massive Jackson fan, Michael Jackson, yeah, yeah. Stevie Wonder. Um, sure. And then Nina Simone is my favorite jazz singer. Really? Yeah, because Ella Fitzgerald to me sings the tune. Uh-huh. And Billie Holiday to me scats a little bit too much for my ear. And okay. Nina Simone just sits in the middle. She's an emotional storyteller, in my opinion. She's amazing. She just sets her emotion right dead center inside the lyric. And you just have to feel it, you know. I love that. Absolutely, well. yeah. I saw all of, all of the jazz greats, but I guess I guess as a collaborative thing, like mm-hmm. there'd be nothing better than uh, doing a duet with Stevie Wonder. I reckon. You he's reckon? Still that, with yeah. I would love to hear what that sounds like. He's got, he's got all of that kind of Motown feel to the way yeah. he produces stuff, but mm-hmm. there's there's a real, obviously a real jazz element. Mm-hmm. Like his sort of chord progressions and stuff like that are just completely mm-hmm. jazzy. Um, so he's, he's quite unique, quite unique in the way he writes. Well, what can you tell us about um, fairy tales? Can you describe it for us? What do you want people to 
take from the CD? What is it? Is it a combination of your experiences that you've been through in the last 10 years? Or Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I come from a classical piano uh-huh. background, so there's quite a lot of classical-esque piano riffs. Uh-huh. Um, there's a big sound on the album, um, from gospel choirs to strings, but I guess it's a diary of stuff over the last five or six years where I wasn't in such a good place where work had dried up and... I guess I was getting very, very down on myself. Um, I think most actors go through mm-hmm. periods of just like, I don't know how to get ahead. Um, and I got I got a little bit lost emotionally and uh, spiritually. And um, it was really quite therapeutic writing the album. Mm-hmm. I was in a really not so good relationship. And mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of a diary of events with, with a real light at the end um, because that was, I finished the album whilst in my first year of having met Ellie, who I'm with now, mm-hmm. who is definitely my life partner, you know, and um, so thank God for you and your for keeps and all of that came on, so, so the album was written from a dark time going through the time of meeting Ellie and then the actual title track, the reason it's the title track, Fairy Tales, mm-hmm. um, is kind of a, a summary of the whole thing, really, about the fact that, you know, we're all fed this stuff that the prince kisses the princess. and. Right. You know, that's that's it, happy ever after. And, yeah. and quite frankly, it's just the beginning. You know, the first kiss is a, is a really, really euphoric moment. And then there's quite a lot of hard work after that. <laughs> yeah, so after the princess kisses the princess, there is a lot of hard well, work yeah. to be done uh, exactly. to maintain the relationship. It's not all fair. Yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that. Um, you have yeah. a uh, DVD released of the tour because you. I've, I've since then. I've been up in Glasgow filming Waterloo Road, but um, yeah, the DVD's out. How have your fans been reacting to you as a singer songwriter? If they're used to, I'm sure they're used to seeing you on screen mostly, but they've just gone for it. I mean, the thing is, like, I hate this kind of thing where you know actors, oh, you can't be a musician. It's like, well, actually, if you've been an actress since you were a kid most of us at some point have sung and stuff like that like most actors i know can sing i just had the added added bonus of mm-hmm. of learning music so therefore i can write and it's just the fan base that came from lip service absolutely haven't batted an eyelid at it they've just gone they've just totally accepted it and gone yeah and she and she, she also yes well. right and she also sings. i know that the british the british media don't like it when you when you cross over you know um but it's nonsense because it's all it's all artistic and quite often it's all within the same sort of upbringing mm-hmm. it's all an expression uh, absolutely yeah. well i'm so glad that they have embraced you i've um <laughs> i like i love the songwriting i feel like i'm taking a journey with you as you described before where you've been where you are now i'm really happy to hear you in love again um the dvd and the cd fairy tales you're selling them at your website the dvd is just going from headpiece.com that's just going from the website but the the album um i guess in the states i think it's on the website um but you can also you can download it on itunes heatherpiece.com you need to go there to find out about the dvd and the cd get both of them uh add them to your collection um it's amazing that she's you know so multi-talented and can do so much and we definitely support that 
Um, so what's coming up next for you? We have a DVD out. We have a CD out. You've been touring. Now what? Well, I'm still filming up in Glasgow, Waterloo Road. I play like the um, mm-hmm. head, head of English and, and all of this stuff. I'm a teacher. We, we've got a UK tour booked in March. Um, we're also looking at other international stuff at the moment. But you coming? Um, you coming to the states with the with the CD? We're, we're, we're certainly hoping so. It's about uh, you know being able to afford to get the band over there and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or whether I just come out and do an unplugged session or. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, but um, certainly we'll, we'll try nice. and work something out, even if it's just myself. Like, I've done stuff on my own mm-hmm. a lot, <laughs> you know, and... I, I like the idea of an unplugged concert and you know, released in the U.S. Uh, you did it here, and it's available. It would be nice. It would be nice to just come out on my own. I, when I did the smaller tours, playing between sort of seventy and one hundred and fifty people, and what, I, what was really lovely was Q and A became part of my my night. Mm-hmm. Like I'd, I'd play songs, and then my fans learned that they could heckle or shout stuff out, and we'd have a chat. Oh, that's great. You know, so it was it was great, and and, and sort of as it's got bigger with the kind of five six hundred seats venues you can't do that anymore like mm-hmm. i can't i can't see into the eyes of the people who've come and, and bought a ticket because mm-hmm. the lights are in my face and it suddenly becomes i guess slightly more impersonal so i would always like to go back to doing those smaller venues so maybe that's something we can think about for the states you have been very accessible to your fans um and which from what i'm sensing from you is something that it feels like it's something that had to grow on you you seem very shy a little recluse yeah i guess is it uh, has it go on what's I, what, <laughs> what's drawn you out of your shell to where you you want to look into our eyes and and thank us and and hug us and kiss us and you've got to bear in mind i've geeked since i was 19 years old uh-huh. and to have people come to your gigs and to sell out gigs is just unbelievable so what happened was when i was doing the small stuff before my management team came on board um i really was thankful and everything then there's that sense of it as it gets bigger i don't know whether most artists feel like that i don't i kind of don't get it like i do what i do and i love doing what i do and i can't believe that people are coming to see me it's kind of it's hard to get your head around you're so um, humble. I love it. That's great. That's it's really great. hard to get your head around. And, and the fact is, at the end of the day, the fans essentially employ me. You know, without the fans, I can't do anything. Like, there's no point in me having a job. Well, I wouldn't have a job. The fact that it touches people, the letters that I get from, you know, people who've perhaps had a, a really difficult time mm-hmm. coming out or, or whatever else, they're the things that affect me the most. Like because I don't think anything that I'm doing is out of the ordinary or extraordinary. It's I'm just doing all I know how to do. And um, yeah. the fact that it, it, you know, some people have said that I've changed their lives. That's you know, right. It kind of, that's right. That's why, well, that's why we, that's why we love you because you just, you're the girl next door with the extraordinary talent and you don't act any different. You still love on everybody. You still have the shy smile. You still look away when we're staring at you too much. It's, it's beautiful, you know, the person that you are and I, and I sense that you will never lose that and we'll continue to support that. Is there anything you want to tell your fans who are listening right now? It's just been an incredible ride, and um, I just wish everyone love and peace and happiness and 
it'd be lovely to come in and see you um, in LA and to actually come in in person into the studio and Absolutely. maybe we can sort that out. Like I say, my, my girlfriend's um, brother is um, a director. He's on a director's course out there in LA. Awesome. Um, hello, Patrick. And, uh, hello, yeah, Patrick. So, <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's out there with his wife and his mm. children and um, so we're out there quite a bit. So maybe we can we can Please. sort out. You're welcome. Yeah, maybe put on a couple of gigs. Maybe you can you can let me know, Kia, a couple of nice little intimate venues that we could do. Ah, <laughs> absolutely. I could talk to you about that. Absolutely. I would love to right. do that. We're, we're definitely getting together and having some a sport a tea when you get here. We'll do that. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> was that bad? I tried. Um, <laughs> when I, was that your English accent? I tried. Did it did work. Did it. <laughs> If, well, if you're in, if it's northern, I'm Yorkshire, so it's cup of tea. That's like oh, northern. that's regular. But if okay. it's like, if it's posh, if it's proper like Queensland, it's cup of tea. I'll have a cup of tea. Okay, well, let me not even. <laughs> we'll go get a drink. How about that? We just that's good. <laughs> hang out for a minute, um, Heather. Thank you uh, for being so generous with your time and your gifts and. Um, for representing the LGBT community with such integrity, uh, with the Thank choices you so that you've made, uh, absolutely, it is our pleasure. We love the choices that we that you've made. We will su- continue to support you. We, I wish you so much success. We do. We all do. On fairy tales, and uh, we can't wait for another season of the service. We're all crossing our fingers for that. The BBC, I find the position. <laughs> Absolutely. We will run it and do it right away. Um, Great. I want to both uh, play and encourage everyone to um, head over to the satinlounge.com right now. We are featuring your video for Better Than You. Um, cool. Go check it out. Uh, check out her website, heatherpeace.com. Download the CD, get the DVD. Um, support this genuine, lovely, sexy, fearless diva. <laughs> Please. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome to come back and again lounge with us anytime. Bring your family, bring your your, your soulmate, bring your your brother Patrick. All of you, you're welcome to come and lounge and uh, vibe with us here in the Satin Lounge anytime. And please tell um, all of the ladies at Lip Service, uh, Harriet, and um, all of them that we completely support them too. Okay. I will do. I'll make sure I do. This I've is really enjoyed it. absolutely. You're welcome. This is Heather Peace. Better than you, you're listening to the Satin Lounge with Kieran A. Breathe it in. Today's the day I'm leaving. I want nothing, you can have it all. 